this will begin to make things right. It's Geek Top 5! Yay! The General's been looking for this for a long time. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we're here to bring you the top five things you need to know to look like you're in the know to people who know so they know you're in the know. I think that was six. Exactly. I was going for five no's. Coming in at number five this week... Uh, it turns out we're getting a new Nintendo console before the holidays after all. Woohoo! Wait, you said new? Right. Interesting. Not the one you thought. <laughs> Nintendo is releasing the NES Classic Edition. This is a palm-sized little... It's, it really it looks like an overgrown smartphone in the shape of the old Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, essentially, you plug it into your TV, you plug it into the wall, and it comes with 30 classic Nintendo games built in. And you get to relive your childhood. Um, Sounds good to me. Continuing Nintendo's proud tradition of re-releasing those old games again yeah. and again and again and again. And <laughs> They're like the kings of nostalgia. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure that's what Nintendo means. Like, you know, from, <laughs> from the Japanese words, nint for nostalgia and tendo for extortion. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, so this is retailing, I think this is 60 bucks American, so like 80 bucks Canadian. Yeah, 80 was what I saw yeah. for... You buy it, you get the system and a controller, you can buy another controller, presumably, for the two-player games. Yeah, I saw the, the other controllers are retailing, at least in the States, for about 10 bucks. Yeah, which isn't bad. Yeah. Uh, they're shaped like the classic Nintendo controller, the one you remember if you were alive in the 80s. And they can also, you know, so you don't feel like this is the only use for them, they can also, uh, they're compatible with, I think, the Wii U, and you can attach a Wiimote to them, and it'll, it, it serves more than one function. When yeah. you get tired of the NES games. Which is interesting because the NES Classic Edition doesn't serve more than one function. Yeah. And this is sort of where that... Um, it's, I mean, it's such a cool idea on the surface, and then you think of all the things, it, additional things it could do, and it doesn't do any of them. Any of them. It comes with 30 games built in. Which is good. Which is fine. And they're good games too, like like some of the highlights: Castlevania, Final Fantasy. I mean, we'll get we'll get into that. Okay. Well, what games should have been on there? <laughs> what interests me, uh, the reason why I'm so cynical about this, is because Nintendo has always resold these games over and over and over, and their latest scheme for this up till now has been the Nintendo eShop, um, available on the Wii, the Wii U, on their 3DS things. That you go online, you pay four or five bucks a pop, and download one of these Nintendo games, and, they and you've call got it. The Virtual Console? Yes, on the okay. Wii's it's the, it's the Virtual Console. And it's a really cool way to go back and either visit the games of your childhood or like force your kids to see what video games were like <laughs> when you were a kid. But it's infinitely expandable. Pretty much all the games are on there. Yeah. This is a one-stop deal. Yeah. 80 bucks, 30 games, you're done. It has no ability to connect to the internet. You There's no way to plug in do new memory cards or whatever to add more. Right. So it seems to me, if you're buying Nintendo games anyway... Chances are you have one of these consoles. I mean, a 3DS. I mean, even like the, they make the 2DS a version of it. Right. That's got to be like, like I think it's 90 bucks. Maybe not even if you get it used. So for the same price, you can get this thing, and then just buy only the games you want, including a bunch of games that don't come with this thing. What I'm saying is, it doesn't seem like it's the best value. Even though it's really cool, it's, it's right. shaped like the old Nintendo and all that yeah. jazz. I mean, it's being a huge on the news cycle. I mean, the virtual console's been around forever, and there are a lot of people who seem excited about this who never thought to buy a Wii or never thought to, to get a, a 3DS or 2DS or whatever to, to get these games. So by putting it in this old nostalgic package, it is getting more eyes to it, and it I think it would make people feel... who make people who want to do this and have that nostalgia feel more comfortable getting it because it's exactly like how they remember. It, well, except for the size. Right. And and also, I just... Wired controllers. 
I don't know. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. So it's going to be coming out this holiday season, and I suppose it's it can't be targeted to kids of this generation, because kids of this generation have PlayStations and Xboxes. They're not going to want to play old 8-bit games. It yeah. has to be targeted to people like us who played this in our youth and want to go back and do it again. The other thing but, about it is it's it seems like it's directly to compete against... These things I've seen at stores like Urban Outfitters, I think, you can get a Sega Genesis console that has, I think, 80 games built in, and it's pretty cheap too. I think it's more than 60 bucks, but it's in that ballpark, and I mean, I guess, I don't know how official it is either, but I don't think there's anyone around to stop them. Yeah, so maybe they're just trying to get a you know a piece of that pie. Yeah, yeah. That they, they haven't saw, before. They saw how how successful these have been. I guess I don't know. I have any yeah. numbers on that? But obviously they're doing well enough that Nintendo's like, hey, this is a good idea. We should steal it. <laughs> but why not go all the way? Yeah, and make an expandable system. I mean, you can download new games all the time if you want to your telephone for yeah. God's sakes. Now nobody calls it a telephone anymore. Right. Just, like the rest of this conversation, I haven't been dating myself. <laughs> um, it just seems like it's a it's a halfway measure, and like the only reason to buy it is the nostalgia of the of the shape, like yeah. of the form. Really, for the function, doesn't seem like it's a great deal. And then, and this may be a sort of personal opinions of Geek Top 5, also the game selection leaves a little something to be desired. Okay, I mean, I, I looked through this, I look, I, I never had an NES, I went straight to the Super NES, but my, my, the, a lot of these games seem pretty good a to lot, me. Like they are the big name games. Yeah. Like, if you think, like, all the characters you know from Smash Brothers, yeah. coincidentally, a lot of these are their games. Right. You know, like, Kirby's Adventure is on there. Kirby's Adventure didn't come out till a lot later than some of the games, like the Mario game, the Zelda game. Okay. But it's there because it's Kirby. Right. It's one of their icons. But there are things like, it has Castlevania 1 and 2, but not 3. Hmm. Castlevania 2 was awful. Like, it's it's a terrible game. The only good thing to come out of it is the Bloody Tears music. It, like, otherwise, it's reviled. It's, so this you, is, Castlevania 3 was fabulous. It's not on there. It's weird. So you think they should have dropped 2 and put 3 in? Yes. Well, I think that should be expandable. I think you should be able yes. to pick and choose what games you want. But assuming we're stuck with 3 Assuming games. we're stuck with the games, that's what I'm saying. I have a personal thing against that. And also, Mega Man 2... Ah! Me Mega Man 2 is like... When you meet someone who decided they were a film buff last week, and you talk to them, and they say their favorite movie is Citizen Kane. Right. Because, yes, Citizen Kane was an important movie because of what it did at the time. Because of, like, the way it was shot and the way it was structured. It was very revolutionary for a movie. But looking back on it now, there's nothing special about it. Mega Man 2 is like that. It came out, and it was a big step, but really, by Mega Man 3... The deal was solid. They'd worked it all out. This is getting very niche. Yeah, I, I understand think there's that. a lot of uh, Citizen Kane fans who are going to be uh, upset with you on that one. Just, just uh, Je that is Jesse's opinion. I have no problem with Citizen Kane. It's I don't either. It's, 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 it's a fine movie. I would not call it the best movie ever made anymore. It's a very important Fair. movie. Uh, yeah, it's, but it, we get we're getting off yeah, top. Okay, damn I'm it. Just, I'm just saying. Uh, some things with the games on there. I punch don't know. Out. Punch out? Nope. Punch, I mean, no, punch out. I love Punch Out. Dr. I mean, I'm, what's, what's interesting, I mean, I have to assume it's going to be the version of Punch Out with Mr. Dream at the yeah, end yeah. and not Mike Tyson. It definitely is Mr. Dream. I saw that in one of the, the articles. Right? Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Metroid is, is a pretty solid game, right? Metroid is solid. It's a classic. No, there's a lot of great stuff on there. I, I, I could go on about this. We have to cut this off because I could go on forever. I only started on Final Fantasy. Like, it's great game, super flawed, bugs in it. Black magic doesn't work like it's supposed to. I hope they fix it. Anyway, the point of this news is this thing's coming out. It's going to be a cool toy. 
I don't know if it's maybe a 9 out of 10. Do you think it's the sort of thing someone's going to plug in and play on Christmas Day or whatever and then forget about it? Yes, absolutely. That's the best way to put it. And it's not going to be a kid. It's going to be someone, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s. Right. Because kids these days, like, they're not going to care. They have way better Mario Brothers games. Yeah. Okay, so what's uh, what do we got next? Coming in at number four. um, So the the X-Men Yes. Um, you know what? I mean, and say what you will, but man, they've been, they've had good movies. I like those yeah, movies. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with the whole first class thing. I mean, the cartoon is basically what got me into comic books. Yeah. Back in the day, in the '90s. And now there's a new. Sounds like there's a new X-Men television show coming. Yeah, uh, it's uh, actually the third that's been announced. Uh, this one is going to have the uh, involvement of a lot of big names, like Brian Singer, who's directed most of the X-Men movies. Uh, there's been what six x-men like strictly x-men movies not counting wolverine and deadpool and he's directed four of them yeah so we yeah we've got the right talent yeah lauren shuler donner who's been a producer on all of them simon kinberg who's like the writing guru at the for these fox superhero movies he's on board the name that's uh well another really interesting name that's on here is jeff loeb who it works with marvel tv He's involved with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Peggy Carter, all the Netflix Marvel things. Yeah. And that's what really highlighted this for me, because you know like we've always had those licensing walls, keeping yeah. these franchises away from each other. But now that Fox is working with Marvel, yeah. like in the comics, the Avengers and the X-Men occupy the same place. They talk to each other. I am all for bringing these universes back together. Now that we've got Spider-Man kind of coming in there from Sony, yeah. let's bring the X-Men in. Like I, I want a big party. So just for clarification's sake, back uh, many, many moons ago, Marvel was facing bankruptcy and they needed money, so they sold the film rights to a bunch of their characters to different studios. Fox ended up with the X-Men, uh, amongst others. Good deal. Pretty good deal. And But the issue is they have to keep producing stuff with the characters, otherwise the rights will revert to Marvel. So that's why they're cranking out X-Men movies like you wouldn't believe, and now they're trying to exploit the, the X-Men for a TV series. So Marvel has not... It, they would love to get the, these rights reverted back to them. So it's interesting that they're going to be working hand-in-hand hand with Fox on this TV series to, to get it to get it made and make it good, hopefully. Well, yeah, I mean, it's my like, it's my understanding that like the Marvel series are doing a little bit better than the Fox. I guess Fox has Gotham yeah. as their TV series. Which is interesting. This is going to be like the Switzerland network where yeah. they've got DC and Marvel shows on the same network. It, it's so bizarre. But on the whole, if like including Marvel can only make this show better. Yeah. Um, we don't know very much about it yet. It's just, you know, a family with you know, a mutant problem is going to you know, eventually run into the X-Men. Presumably they go on the run, they're being hunted down by Sentinels, I imagine, or the government, and they join some sort of underground mutant network. Mm-hmm. Probably not the A-list X-Men, no. but there are a lot of B-C-list. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other big name who's involved in this, who seems like he'll be the, the showrunner, is Matt Nix who's best known for creating Burn Notice, which was one of those great TV series that's on the USA Network, where it's like the last bastion of really good episodic television that doesn't quite rely on serialized storytelling. Everything these days is serialized storytelling, unless it's a procedural, like a lawyer show or a a doctor show or a police show. This was a show about a guy who was like a secret agent who got burned and he's trying to meaning he got like sort of kicked out and he doesn't know why he got fired and he's stuck in Miami he's trying to figure out why and every episode while he's trying to work out why he got fired he's 
helping people with his super spy skills. It was great. I loved it. One of the best things about it is Bruce Campbell is a supporting actor in it. Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead. Yeah, that's that's a lot of points in your corner. So good. And the rest of the show is fantastic too. So I am excited to see what he can do with within the X Men universe. The other thing about this is it means the the uh, seeming death of another X Men TV series that had been announced called uh, Hellfire, which was going to be about the Hellfire Club, which sort of was heavily involved in the whole Dark Phoenix saga. And they're like this; they're sort of the Illuminati. They control a bunch of stuff behind the scenes in this super rich. Yeah, they get a, they get a passing reference that they're the people in first class. They're yeah. Sebastian like Sebastian Shaw is the Hellfire Club. Yeah, Kevin Bacon in that movie is Sebastian Shaw and he's the leader of the Hellfire Club in all of the comic iterations pretty much. Mm-hmm. Sebastian uh, Shaw, not Kevin Bacon. Right. Well, yeah, Sebastian yeah. Shaw. Yeah. And the other uh, X-Men TV thing is um, a series that's going on, or will be on FX, which is sort of like Fox's version of AMC. So it's like an upper tier cable channel where they can be a bit more edgy and it's called legion and it's gonna be yeah about... I re- right i read about that yeah about xavier's semi-legitimate son yes semi-legitimate entirely crazy multiple personalities and each personality has a different mutant power it's it's a cool idea and uh there's a lot of potential there but we'll see we'll see how it turns out yeah now, like the the this is like this one with Nick's like like this is the big one. Yeah, like this is the big like Legion was kind of you know like, they were talking about they weren't even sure if it was going to have much of a connection to the X Men universe, right? And, which yeah. <laughs> and being on FX, it's a little more sheltered, a little it probably won't get as many eyes. Being on Fox is a big deal. This is the home of what like American Idol and all sorts of and the Simpsons and Family Guy. Yeah, people it's, will watch it. Yeah, and I. And the superhero conquest of our media continues. Seriously. That will, yeah, that will be awesome. Number three. Is this news or is this olds? <laughs> this is news about olds. Um, dinosaurs keep getting worse. <laughs> First it was Jurassic World, now this. Yeah. I, oh. Listen. So dinosaurs, like, we, we started, the dinosaurs became accepted as a reality like 200 years ago, and we always assumed, when I was growing up, they were basically Godzillas. They were these big, terrible, terrible thunder lizards, am I right? Yes. Yeah, yes, with the teeth the... and the roaring and the sharp tooth from Land Before Time. And the, and, yeah. But then in the mid-90s, they started, they decided, oh, actually, we're looking into it with science and stuff, turns out dinosaurs, less like reptiles, more like birds. Okay, that's all right. I can handle sure, that. Sure. Yeah. Also, turns out a bunch of dinosaurs had feathers. Eh. Okay. You know what? The science is there, but when you think of Jurassic Park, like try to picture the T Rex plucked up like a chicken. It's, yeah. It's hard to. I don't know. So that was kind of disappointing to no longer in school me, but whatever. <laughs> now they're doing it again. So there's a research study at U of T at Austin, a Midwestern University. They published in an online journal a study that they're pretty sure that a lot of these big dinosaurs didn't roar. Right. Now, that is bad news. It makes them less cool. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. It's like if they're... Oh, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're at, like, the study is like is very logical. Like they, They've studied all these birds. Jeez, if, you could, if you want to go look this up, it's, a, it's an online journal called the International Journal of Organic Evolution. Uh, but basically what they say is that they keep, they've studied all these groups of birds and crocodiles and all this stuff, that, like 16 isolated groups 
have all evolved to do what they call a closed mouth vocalization, where it's like vibrating in their throat right. instead, and it's those, those cooing noises that you associate with birds and stuff. And they're saying that it's like the larger bodied ones are the ones that usually do this because like, if you're really big, it's hard to fill your lungs, and so it's hard to use that to make uh, okay. sound. So yeah, a giant dinosaur, like you know, you really have to suck in a lot of air to roar. So they probably didn't roar, but I hate that. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if we had put even a a second of thought into this in the past, it should have been obvious. I mean, even if you are thinking about it before we realized they're more connected to birds than to lizards, lizards don't really roar either. It's like, where did this roaring come from? Because it's so awesome. It is. (laughs) I just... Uh, everyone remembers the fr- well, everyone our age remembers the first time they saw Jurassic Park. Yes, right. I mean, like, like dinosaurs was something you grew up with, and even then it was cool. But Jurassic Park, like the roars, the sound of that movie. Yes, I want my dinosaurs to be giant, cool, roaring lizards. Yeah, but they're not. They're giant, feathered, cooing chickens. And I just it somehow it doesn't have the same oomph. Yeah. That I'm looking for. I think we're going to run out of paleontologists if more of this happens. Like, half the reason to become a paleontologist is because you want to study dinosaurs and these cool giant lizards. And, oh, giant parrots and pigeons. It's not going to drive the same interest in children, I don't think. Yeah, there's a weird thing in culture where we've developed where things are so not cool that they become cool. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I wonder if maybe that's, like... I guess it's liking something ironically, but you do it so often that you just like it. Right. I feel like this is what we're going to have to do with dinosaurs. I'm just like I'm picturing a dinosaur, but now like you know he's got like the the flannel on, and he's got this like the big horn rimmed glasses, a, a, a twirly mustache, and a twirly mustache. <laughs> it's like it's ironic, but now it's not. And I just I don't know. It's I and my own self introspection. I'm very curious about how much I want to reject. This perfectly reasonable scientific... And let's be clear, we don't actually know what dinosaurs sounded like. They may have roared like gangbusters. You you stick with that, Jesse. Right. There's no, there's no direct evidence. So so it's possible they're still, they were still awesome. But this... Quote uh, Ben Affleck from Batman vs. Superman... Uh, if there's even a 1% chance, you're going to treat it as an absolute certainty? If there's a 1% chance that <laughs> Superman could conquer the planet, dinosaurs have to roar. <laughs> you, that makes perfect sense. It's called Jesse's Law. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, it it's, it's actually a super legit study, and it's really interesting. And I, I really like that that's how science works, is you keep learning. Yeah. Even if you don't like the the results. Maybe we should just stop learning about dinosaurs and just accept the facts that we have and no, don't go any further. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. But Geek Top 5's official opinion. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Science. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming in at number two, the Incredible Iron Man, the Invincible Iron Man, the Random Objectified Iron Man, the sciencey superhero. Yeah. Um, is not Tony Stark for much longer. Which is super Again, cool. Technically. It's happened before. He's mm-hmm. given it over to, to War Machine. It's taken over a little bit. Um, yeah. But what what's happening now, the, the Civil War II arc in the comics is coming to a close. And however you feel about that, that's another story. Um, but they've announced that Tony Stark is going to be putting aside the, the mantle, putting aside the armor. I don't think we um, know why just yet. We don't. It, something will happen at the end of Civil War II. Yeah. And they've introduced not one, but two new Iron characters. Yeah. Sort of. 
<laughs> We're calling them Iron Men for now. Right, but it's a proper name, right? Like, So it wouldn't be Iron Men, it would right. be Iron Mans. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so the, well, the second one is the quicker one. Let's get that out of the way. Victor Von Doom is going to be the infamous Iron Man. Doctor Doom from the the Fantastic Four comics and movies. Yeah. Now we don't know too much about that, right? Like they, they yeah. haven't really said how that's coming. But Doctor Doom is just coming off of a big arc in the comics, yeah. where like that was the the new Secret Wars, I think, where yes. everything was sort of revolving around Doom. He basically had the powers to control the universe, and he was controlling it. And it, it, then a lot of stuff happened, and it got rejected, and everything's mostly back to normal, and everything's he, back to the regular Marvel Earth that we knew, except. The, the big one of the big changes was that uh, Doctor Doom no longer needed his uh, his mask because his face was fixed. He wasn't a hideous wreck under that anymore. Which has always been sort of his character's like his, <sighs> hubris. You know? Yeah, like that's the, uh, that's the reason he became evil. Yeah. So is he going to be a good guy? Probably not. It's the title of the comic that he's going to be in. It's right now. It's International Iron Man. When he takes over, it's going to change to the Infamous Iron Man. So. Tough call. Yeah. But he's going to be one Iron Man. The other one is going to be a completely original character. And this is the one that's more newsworthy. Uh, the new Iron Man is a 15-year-old African-American MIT student, uh, Riri Williams. Yep. Who I guess hasn't shown up, or at least hasn't shown up too much in the comics yet. Yeah. But we've sort of been introduced to her through the back like the back channels, if She's you will. There have been little, uh, my understanding of the little sub-stories in uh, Invincible Iron Man, sort of backup stories from issues 7 to 11, where she first gets introduced and she's made her own Iron Man armor. She's sort like of in her dorm. In her dorm, yeah. Yeah. So she's she's a genius, she's a kid, and she's sort of like popping up on Tony Stark's radar. And the creators have been very clear in all their interviews of pointing out, like, one of the things about this character is that she's younger and maybe smarter than Tony Stark. Right. Which really, you know, we all know Tony Stark now from the Iron Man movies. Those of us who've been reading the comics have known him for a while. <laughs> but, like, we know this is something that's not going to sit well with him. But more interesting yeah. is the fact that now Iron Man is going to be an African-American teenager. Which is a huge... Iron Man, an African-American teenage girl. Hence yeah. all the problems with the uh, Iron, with Man Iron Man title. But, I mean, if she wanted to call herself Iron Man, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But it sounds like in the comics, even she is, like, trying to decide what to call herself. And that's going to be part of the story. Yeah, sort of a fun meta. Yeah. Uh, this is... Coming in at a time where a lot of things like this are happening in the Marvel Universe, it's like Bendis has, like, he's on overdrive, essentially. Uh, like, you know, like Steve Rogers now is not, you know, he is Captain America again. And but technically, this is Nick Spencer's doing, the Captain America one. Carry oh, on. Right, sorry. But, like, so Steve Rogers is Captain America, but Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is yeah. also now Captain America. Um, Jane Foster is now Thor. Uh, Miles Morales is Spider well, one of the Spider Men. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of new characters taking on the mantles of these heroes, mm -hmm. which is a really interesting direction that these comics are taking. And they're they're all much more diverse than the typical very white male yeah. version of the Marvel universe that's been in existence for sixty some odd years. Now, there are some people online, mostly on various message boards, who are very upset about this because it's they're saying, well, why not just create new characters? Why do they have to change the existing characters? But, I mean, can you think of the last time a new character was introduced that really stuck in comic books? Exactly. There's a reason why we're still reading about the same heroes we're reading about in the 50s. Yeah. It's because they're so iconic. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, in the, it's not like you know, they matched, you know, stepped into a gender-changing ray or something. Those characters still exist in the world. They're yeah. going through stuff. You know, like the you know, the man, you know, the artist previously known as Thor, yeah. is now going to have his own story. But he's not Thor anymore. He doesn't have the hammer because he he he's unworthy. unworthy. And it's like that's such a cool concept. He's trying to become worthy again. This is going to be like the whole arc, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Thor right now is Jane Foster. They've been pretty, you know, they ha- if it was the seventies, they would have called her like Thor Lady or something. Right. No, this is just Thor. Is I it, 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 she picked up the hammer and she gained the powers of Thor. Now she's Thor. It's amazing. There are these old what if comics, and the, the whole premise is what if this had happened instead? What if that had happened instead? And there's actually an old old one from the late sixties, early seventies, I think, where this was actually a question: What if Jane Foster was Thor? But she wasn't called Thor. She was called. Thor. Thordis. Ugh. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, so, and I mean, even the fact that they, that she's being, calling herself Thor pisses off certain circles of the, the internet. Which will always be there. Yeah. But in terms of the storytelling, like regardless of what you think about the issues politically, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting thing happening to this world, and it's a really interesting like thought experiment for what do we think, like, who are these heroes? Like, is Spider-Man Peter Parker, or is Spider-Man an idea? Now, this this might be too nitty-gritty nerd stuff for me to go on too long about, but that has more typically been a staple of the DC universe, creating legacy heroes. Like, Green Lantern started off as Alan Scott, and then it was Hal Jordan, and then Hal Jordan was still there, but there was Guy Gardner and Jon Stewart, and then they all went away, and it was Kyle Rayner. They have a much longer history of having other people take up the mantle of the, the hero. With the Marvel comics, they have been much more insular as far as, like, keeping Steve Rogers is Captain America. They're one and the same. It's always going to be that way until now. I mean, Steve Rogers is still there, but they're they're branching out the character, branching out the brand, if you will, and let other, letting other people take up that mantle. And I think it's really interesting, and uh, it's creating a lot of really good storytelling opportunities. I mean, the Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man is... Some great comic books. Just really good reads. Highly recommend it. I haven't read a ton of the other ones, but Miles Morales is a great new character. And he deserves as much respect as Peter Parker, if not more. Mm-hmm. Which is something that's handy to having his characters around, because Peter Parker sort of says the exact same thing. Right. There's a, like there's They have this conversation, I think it's with a police officer, like fictional, in the comic, where the cop like says, like, so what do we call him? And Peter Parker says, he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. It's lots of cool things that are happening. Now it's happening to Iron Man twice. I feel like the Riri Williams thing completely overshadows the Doctor Doom thing. Yeah. But that also has to be where that arc is going, right? Yeah. It's going to be this new Iron Man girl woman versus <laughs> the Iron Doom guy. Like that's, like, that's a cool rivalry to set up. Those are cool characters to Definitely. play off against each other. It's kind of got shades of Iron Man versus the Mandarin, but... Sure. Yeah. Uh, one last thing about that. The one of the the taglines for this uh, the Doctor Doom Iron Man thing is where Stark failed, Doom will succeed, which has echoes to me of Superior Spider Man, where Doctor Octopus took over Peter Parker's body and decided he would show the world that he was the Superior Spider Man. He would be a better Spider Man than Peter Parker ever was. Right, which sounded like a dumb idea, but turned into a really good comic. Yeah, it's really well. So we'll have to see. I'm still more excited about the Riri Williams one, but I'm sure they will cross paths at some point. So coming in at number one, um, a little bit of old news. uh, It happened right in between episodes, but 
It's uh, we were just talking about inclusiveness and progressiveness on Star Trek. Yeah, um, it, it also seems like it wouldn't be an episode of Geek Top Five if we didn't talk about either Star Trek or Star Wars. But. Th- that's true, and they're not even paying us. <laughs> um, so uh, George Takei, who portrayed uh, Sulu on the original series, and um, the actor has come out and he's now a huge activist for uh, sort of the, the LGBTQ community. As tribute to him, John Cho, who's now portraying Sulu in the new Star Trek movies in the JJ verse, or sorry, we have a name for it, the Kelvin timeline, yeah, uh, has come out and said, like, sort of as a tip of the hat and a nod to George Takei, the character Sulu is now going to be portrayed as gay. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, it's better, I think, than introducing a whole new character where it would just have been, this is the new gay character yeah, in Star Lieutenant Trek. Lieutenant Hawk. Yeah, who, that's a long story in its own, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, George Takei turns out not too thrilled with the decision. Yeah, George Takei initially came out um, and said that he was, he was, un- it was he, he said that it was unfortunate. Right. Um, he thought that, you know, that Gene Roddenberry had created a straight character and he didn't like the idea of changing what was in Gene Roddenberry's vision. Obviously because he's never seen the second half of Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, or Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) Which all went pretty far against Gene Roddenberry's vision, and some of that is really good television. Definitely. Um, There was a bit of a spat. Some words were said. It was a very genteel. Very, ge- yeah, very professional. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Takei came out later and said he just wanted to clarify. He doesn't think it's a bad thing. He's delighted and flattered and grateful. It sounds kind of like he's doing a bit of damage control. Right. I'm sure he never meant to portray the impression, you know, that he didn't think it was a good idea. But I, he seemed to be saying he thought it was weird that they would change the character to suit him. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as we're concerned... We just talked about this. Like, Star Trek has always been that forward-moving engine of progressiveness. So why wouldn't there be any same-sex characters in there? Yeah. It makes sense. Same-sex, any of that community, it, it's sort of been a, a bit of a, a black hole on Star Trek. It's never really discussed or addressed in any significant way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always been an odd thing for such a progressive show. And now to finally be addressing it in a bit more of a, a an on-the-nose obvious way is is it's about time now we seem uh, speaking of on the nose i do think the choice of character to do this to is a bit on the nose the only out actor who ever portrayed a character on uh, the main cast of a star trek show now his character is the only out character it's a little it's a little on the nose <laughs> but when i was thinking about it i couldn't think of another character from that crew where it would make sense. They all have pretty well established themselves as being heterosexual characters. Uh, Sulu is the only one where that's not really very well defined with him. He doesn't seem to have any sexuality on that show. Yeah. The people who are way too into their Star Trek, not like us, <laughs> will draw your attention to the Mirror Mirror universe, but they're overlooking the fact that that was the alternate universe Sulu. I, in the alternate universe where everyone is a bad guy and Sulu is coming on way too hard onto Uhura. Besides yeah. that, they just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because why would they ever need to talk about it? It's not really important unless you're going to be involved in a romantic plot. And Sulu is a B character. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's great. You know, and he gets the Excelsior in the end. Yeah. He's rad. He gets the beautiful buckle in a really early episode. It was great stuff. True. But other than that, he he's kind of... A blank character. He, he doesn't do all that much except for follow orders. Yeah. Uh, but 
the the other thing that people will draw your attention to as far as his uh, his sexuality is the fact that in Star Trek Generations, his daughter is the pilot of the Enterprise B. But there's no mention of a mother as far as I can remember. Yeah, there's no reason why he couldn't have a child. Maybe, maybe he had a child naturally. It just that Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Maybe he adopted. There's, like, yeah. there's, in no way does that rule anything out. That's, Definitely. That's Demora Sulu? Yeah. Okay. That's the one. Hey, I'm on the ball with Star Trek stuff. <laughs> it's tricky. On the one... Like, it, the best case scenario is we would live in a world where that absolutely wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because why should it matter? But the fact is, it does matter. And, you know, as recent events have shown us, like, these are sensitive issues that we need to address. And it's important to be able to portray them as normal, because they are normal. Yeah. There's no reason why it should be a strange thing. And it sounds like that's like that's what's happening in the movie. There's, it's not going to be a big deal. It's not like they're going to stumble across him or something. He's just you know, going to say goodbye to his husband. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Which is exactly the way it should be in the 23rd century. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, according to Gene Roddenberry's vision, we'll have progressed far enough where stuff like this doesn't matter anymore. Where it's okay. Yeah. Where I, it's not worth talking about. I definitely don't think it needs to be a central plot point of the movie for it to be in, an important uh, establishing yeah. element. I think, you know, they can address it uh, a bit more head-on in a TV series or something, but it doesn't necessarily make for the best action movie plot line to have... Uh, yeah, but that's just it. It yeah. seems like it's not going to be a plot line. Right. It's just something that... It's just a fact of the universe. Which... It's a pretty good way to look at it in real life, too. Yes. Any case, you've been listening to Geek Top 5. We'll be right back with our guest segment. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the second half of Geek Top 5. This episode, we've got with us a Poké Master in the flesh. We've got Stella Simeonova, who also happens to be our webmaster, and uh, she's going to be telling us your top five Kanto region Pokemon. Is that accurate to, to describe? It's my top five Kanto region Pokemon that I would like to catch in Pokemon Go. Which is, must be a unique situation for you, because pre-Pokemon Go, you had literally caught them all, correct? Every single one. So now I feel like I have to start all over again. So we're, we're dealing with an expert here, Yeah, is what I'm saying. I like to think so. To give us a little background on, on Pokemon Go. What do you think of it so far? It's pretty addictive, even though I've only been playing for a week now. Um, barring all the server issues that have been driving me crazy... It has definitely made me wander around the city a lot more. But so far I haven't actually caught any really good Pokemon. For some reason, I have a lot of drowsies. <laughs> a lot, a lot of drowsies. And a bunch of Pidgeys. Does the game support trading? Like, if people... Like, if people are listening to this and they're like, Oh man, I need a drowsy. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone needs a drowsy since there seems to be, like, one million in the city. But no. All you can do is... So, the evolution system and the power-up system is really weird. Every Pokemon comes with Pokemon candy. Each one has, like, a breed-specific candy. So, you just... Basically, you can trade them in for more candy to power up one of your drowsies or your hypno. So it's useful, but lame. Gotcha. So how do you how do you evolve them? You just have to have like the set amount of Pokemon candies for your breed that you need to evolve it. Okay. So it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. It's just a lot. Yeah. So if you're looking for more information about Pokemon Go, ask the person next to you because you're one of the only <laughs> right. people who haven't played it. 
But let's get right down to the list. So the five that you want to get specifically for Pokemon Go. Specifically. What's number five? Number five is Eevee. And it's not that Eevee itself is that great of a Pokemon, but the fun feature that they've put into Pokemon Go is that you have no say in what it evolves into. In uh, the games, it, you choose, basically, based on the evolutionary stone. But in Pokemon Go, it can be any any of the three. So, just for clarity's sake, for our non-Pokemon fan listeners... Yeah, explain, both of them. Yeah, explain the Eevee to, to us. So, Eevee is this little brown mongrel and it's really like kind of a weak pokemon but its greatest strength is that it can evolve into multiple different versions of itself different types it's a normal type but it has a fire evolution water electricity fairy uh grass type they've basically done all of them and it's fun because it can only evolve into one of them so you have to choose and you have to end up catching a ton of Eevees to get all of them, but it's it's the only one that can really be any type. So the, the important thing with the types is that, uh, you know, a, a water type is going to be really good against fire, but it's going to be weak against electric, right? Exactly. So so there's a benefit to, to having a balanced team with the different versions, and it's not uncommon for, like, really good, skilled Poke masters in the gaming world to just have a team of, of Eevee evolutions, right? Well, I'm not going to say that like any of the top players are going to have an EV team, because none of the EV evolutions are that great, but it's a nice-looking team. Okay. Yeah, if you think about it, it's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Yeah. Right? Okay. It can be whatever you want to fill in that, that hole in your space. Like, I need a fire type, because yeah. i got nothing for that. But there are probably stronger proprietary fire types you could get elsewhere. Yeah, okay. there's always something better. But there's something cute about doing an Eevee team. Flareon was always my favorite because it's so fluffy. So the Flareon, that's the electric one? No, that's the fire the one. Fire it's the fire one. one. But you can't control that in Pokemon Go. Nope. So you're going to have to catch, I guess because it's the first version, there's only three possible evolutions. Exactly. But you could get three, and all three of them could evolve into the water one, and then you're boned. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not great. I did see that I think some of them are also available. Like, you can actually catch a Vaporeon or a Flareon or a Jolteon in that makes some sense. places. I just read that there is basically a stampede in Central Park in New York because there was a Vaporeon sighted, and everyone had to go get it. But I feel like I'll probably just have to keep catching those EVs and evolving them forever. So you already have your plane ticket to New York, is what you're saying. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to take the bus because I'm going to have to live in Central Park. <laughs> okay. So do you want to, let's mm -hmm. move on to what, number four? Number four is Ninetales. Okay. Um, Ninetales was really, when I was a kid, one of my favorites for no other reason then it's a beautiful Pokemon. Honestly, it's not that good of a fire type. And, I mean, feel free to email me if you disagree. But always at the point of the game where I finally got a Ninetales, I already had way better fire type options. But I would just be like, ah, oh, but look at it. Look at all its furry, furry tails. <laughs> now, this is something that comes from the Japanese mythology, right? They have a fox. It is. With... It's like a mythical creature, the multi-tailed fox. Yeah, I see this a lot of like in a lot of other video game properties. Right. And so, so much of that comes from Japan, <laughs> where you get all your mythology from. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kitsune, I believe. 
Uh, I, I believe so. So uh, it's it's not as cute as say like Jigglypuff or Pikachu, but it's just it's actually a sort of like a beautiful animal. It's majestic. It's much more. It's a, if you're a fancy dog person. Yeah. I mean, if you're a person who likes fancy dogs, <laughs> not I, I not like Chewbacca. <laughs> right. If, if there is Pokemon, like let's say in the real world, and not just like Pokemon Go, but I could imagine myself dressing up nice and taking my nine tails out and just feeling fancy, right? Rather than you know taking your muck out for a walk. Right. Or like a Bulbasaur, who's kind of goofy looking. <laughs> exactly. Nine. Classy. Sort of a regal approach. Now, but you're saying, but in combat, it's not going to be that useful. So, in terms of like what you're going to do with it in Pokemon Go, like, are you going to make that the one you fight with because you like it, or is it just not going to be very helpful? It's kind of tough with Pokemon Go because I mean, the combat isn't that huge of a deal in it. There are Pokemon gyms, and I think there's three in my neighborhood. But there are Pokemon gyms, but it's not as big a part of the game as just. Wandering around collecting Pokemon. It does seem like collection is the focus. Exactly. You don't ever have to fight anybody for anything. You don't get that much out of it. Which is sort of a weird... Like, you know, there's definitely, like, collect them all, catch them all is the big tagline yeah. of the thing. But yeah. a lot of people we know, the whole point of getting the ones is to get the good ones to optimize them to defeat your friends. Right. Like, that sort of seems to be the end game to me, but I yeah. guess that's not... I mean, I'm sure it is for some people, and there are ways to level up your Pokemon, but it's not so much, like, finding the right moves. Like, your Pokemon comes with the moves it's going to have, and it's really just about, like basically leveling it up so its combat power gets stronger but right now at this point I don't really see too much of a point in it and because I have the most random Pokemon because you can't just like actually like in the game you know look up oh this is where I can find this one you have to wander around the city so my strongest Pokemon right now is a Hypno and then my second strongest is a Jinx they're just random Pokemon yeah. Okay, so in that case, they're appealing to the god to catch them all by just making it difficult to find the yeah. ones you like. Exactly. Like, I kept seeing, like, the silhouettes of Eevees downtown by my work, but it was only ever when I was walking to work and was already slightly late, so I couldn't just, like, veer <laughs> off my path looking now, for these Eevees. How, how did you end up late? <laughs> uh... <laughs> right, and presumably you wouldn't know if they were around for the rest of the day because you're definitely not checking Pokemon Go <laughs> while you're at work, right? My building has no Pokemon, so yes, I'm not it at all. That's been it's scoped. It's been checked. <laughs> I do go out at lunch, but I have not found an Eevee yet, and it's driving me crazy because I keep seeing them, but I can never find them. So uh, the other thing about Ninetales is it evolves from Vulpix, right? So you'd be looking for, you'd be hunting for a Vulpix. And, well, um, not necessarily. Yeah, you can find okay. both the yeah. evolved and the unevolved versions. Like, think... I caught a Pidgeotto and a Pidgey, and I caught a Drowsy and a Hypno. So they're everywhere, like all of them. But you've seen a lot more Drowsies than you've seen Hypnos. So yes. presumably there are a lot more Vulpixes out there than Ninetales? Most likely. I mean, I feel like because Ninetales is such a popular Pokemon, they're probably maybe kept that one more rare more special right to drive up the the lust factor yeah now i've always thought nine tails as far as the name goes was was pretty on the nose it's literally got nine tails <laughs> okay but a lot of those first generation pokemon were really on the nose like muck muck <laughs> is literally just a pile of muck yeah like, the, the snake one is ekans yeah. the snake backwards <laughs> they're like oh, gotta think of something <laughs> yeah. anyway we digress um, but, so, anyway, those are the first two. What's number three? Number three is Dodrio, 
Which seems like a really random choice. This is yeah. a messed up Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, okay, the I, I have had the luxury of seeing your list, and almost all of them are these beautiful or cute or, or in some way visually attractive <laughs> Pokemon, and then you've got... a little judgmental, don't you think? <laughs> okay, but not only about looks. <laughs> You're also about three-headed ostriches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this thing is terrifying looking. It's this weird... It's like a bird stick figure with three heads. And all three heads basically hate each other, so they're constantly fighting each other. So it's like the knight from uh, Monty Python. Right. <laughs> Monty Python the Holy Grail. Uh... Okay, so what what is the appeal? Yeah. Okay, it's really a nostalgia factor for me. My parents would not get me a Game Boy when I was a kid, so I didn't play red, I didn't play blue, and I didn't play yellow. I came in at silver when I finally managed to save up my stupid allowance money and get myself a Game Boy Color. And in silver, for some reason, the best I could generally do at the end of the game for my final team to fight the Elite Four was a stupid Dodrio that... Honestly, I raced from a wee little doe duo into being actually pretty great. So I find that hard to believe. It was, it, honestly, <laughs> I, I the way I trained it, Graham, oh, okay. honestly, any Pokemon can be made great, so, by a great trainer <laughs> yeah. like me. The important thing is to believe in yourself. Ah, I think I that's, yeah. <laughs> but I was so proud of myself as a kid for getting through the game with this Dodrio that I've just always had a really soft spot. But it well, looks so derpy. It <laughs> is not an attractive Pokemon in any sense of the word, but it's got heart, Jesse. <laughs> but, like, it's the, got a good personality. There are ways to do three-headed creatures cool. Like, look at Ghidorah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, but this, they did not, even in Pokemon terms, this thing looks ridiculous. And uh, it's it, it, it dangerous, to be honest. <laughs> Especially since Doduo is so cute. Its previous evolution is this... Precious, like, fluffy little two-headed bird thing, but Dodrio, whenever you evolve it, you're like, oh. Yeah, and then it gets a oh, third head. It gets bigger, and it gets a third head. But then it starts to grow on you as as you watch it mature <laughs> and grow and become a pivotal part of your Pokemon Silver team. Now, just for our, our uh, layman listeners here, you mentioned Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, and what was it, Silver and Gold? Yeah. So what is the difference between all of those? Well, red and blue um, were the original ones, and those have the Kanto Pokemon, the ones we're talking about right now. And they had the starters that everyone knows, Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. Yellow was the same, but you could start with Pikachu, because Pikachu became so popular. Didn't you have to start with Pikachu? You had to start with Pikachu, yeah. And Pikachu followed you around the whole time. And I'm hearing there's some sort of secret in Pokemon Go that Pikachu can be your starter in there, too. You have to turn away all three of the starters that they give you at the beginning. Four times, apparently. (sighs) And then you can start with a Pikachu. Who figures this stuff out? I don't know, but someone always figures this stuff out. I've always wondered who was just like, no, 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 no. So, okay, so what about Silver and Gold? What was Silver the deal with that? Silver and Gold, they came up with a whole whack more of Pokemon, so it's just different starters, more Pokemon added in. But you could still catch some of the original Pokemon, like Dodrio, <laughs> for some reason. They were like, and Dodrio. <laughs> <laughs> and was the it... horrible one. <laughs> Is it a different region, that yeah, one? Yeah, it's a different region. But, uh, shamefully, I can't remember what that was called. <laughs> That's all right. You put me on the spot. Yeah. 
So they essentially branched out the library, which of course they will do with the mobile game with Pokemon Go as well they at some point. They have over 700 Pokemon to go through, and right now they they haven't even finished all of the original ones. Yeah, all, how, how the, original, the original like 151. 151 yeah. Right. But yeah. they haven't even gotten to the legendary ones. If you open up your Pokedex in Pokemon Go, it doesn't even go that far. Hmm. So, yeah. I, and, and let's be fair, this game obviously is making money hand over fist. I'm sure yeah. they will come eventually. How, how does... I mean, I, it's free to download. How are they making money off it's of it? It's in-app purchases. Yeah. Right. Pokemonies. Right, so you're if, buying... You don't have to, though. I mean, I have not had any sort of situation where I've been like, oh god, I could do this if I bought something. But I'm sure, usually in these games, like, the higher level you become, the more important it becomes, and I'm level 8, so <laughs> we'll see. But so far, I've not succumbed. Alright, so I'm still, like, shocked by the Dodrio, and I'm not <laughs> going to be able to get over it. <laughs> but, for clarity's sake, let's move yes. on. So, okay. who's at number 2? Uh, number 2 is Dragonair. Um, which goes back to my lovely Pokemon obsession. Okay, but this is one of those. I remember, like, the dragon types are really rare in the original. Yeah, ones, there right? they're were hard not to get a hold many of. of them. I mean, I think they were those three were it: Dratini, Dragonair, and Dragonite. I can't remember. Is Gyarados considered a dragon? I don't remember if it was... Cons- I think so. Okay, so there's a few. But in case, this evolutionary chain, so these three, so Dratini to Dragonair to Dragonite, yeah. and you like the middle one... Yes, I love Dratini. Dratini's adorable, but useless. And for some reason, I've never liked Dragonite. Dragonite is so goofy looking. So he's it's... the one that looks kind of like Dudley the Dragon? Exactly. Yeah, like, very how, much. How do they go from like a cute little like dra- serpent tiny dragon to like a long, elegant serpent dragon, both blue, to a goofy, fat, yellow dragon with tiny little wings and anime eyes. Yeah, it definitely looks like a, like it looks like a mascot outfit. Like there's somebody yeah. in there dancing it around on television, saying "yuck yuck." Or like old school Godzilla. Very old school <laughs> Godzilla. It just doesn't match with the rest of its evolutionary chain. So I was always uh, kind of disappointed when I evolved my dragon there. <laughs> Sometimes I just wouldn't. I would usually find another Dratini to evolve into Dragonair so I could just have a Dragonair to look at from time to time. <laughs> okay. But did you ever use it like much? Like, was that one more useful in combat? Like, the Dragon types tended no. to be tough enough. I just, I found that with those ones, you caught them so late in the game where you'd already developed your entire team to the point where you were like, am I really going to take this one and spend all this time with it? No. <laughs> So since this game, the Pokemon Go, isn't so much about fighting as we've exactly. established, this will just be like a nice one to have and to hold and to cherish. Honestly, Pokemon Go right now is all about status. It's about having these cool, rare Pokemon, and if you have them, you're like, oh, look, I have a dragon egg. <laughs> oh, you just have Zubats and Pidgeys? How embarrassing for you. <laughs> Well, who are you doing that to? No one. That's the thing. Like, I don't even know, but I read on the internet. People are like, oh, look at me. And I'm just like, I inside, I feel ashamed of myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, but in the games, I have all of the Pokemon, so I have that one. So- I just feel like putting on my running shoes and, like, Spending the night wandering desperately around Toronto trying to get good Pokemon. I hear that leads to trouble. Yeah. Make it double? <laughs> oh. That is a Team Rocket reference. <laughs> oh, man. Walked right into that one. Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. Wow. 
It's like walking into traffic while playing Pokemon Go. Uh, Awkward. <laughs> but, so, Dragonair, the, this, uh, it's not what I would, you know, when I first picture a dragon, I do not picture this type of creature. This looks more like a, like a some sort of snake fish yeah, thing. It's it's a bit snaky looking, but then Dragonite looks just like a children's mm. drawing of a dragon, so it gets there. Eventually. And dragons look different, like you know, like the the Eastern like Asian dragons, like you see like the Chinese New Year dragon yeah. is the yeah. one I was thinking of. That's a big long serpentine thing. Right? Okay, like it's they have the whiskers yeah. for some reason. Like That's it's what could be more classically dragon looking than Charizard. So I mean, you've already kind of got that covered. But that originally thought... not a dragon type, no. though. No, Which is very confusing. Retconned into it, but yeah, you're correct. And Dragonite just looks like let's call it a derpy Charizard. <laughs> it's like the Barney the dinosaur version. Yeah, it's like the kids' version of Charizard. Right. I'm not quite ready for the big leagues yet. <laughs> okay, so uh, speaking of monsters, what's your uh, what's your last one there, Stelly? Your my, number one. My number one is also my number one of all Pokemon, Lapras. Really? Lapras is my favorite Pokemon really? because... I don't think anyone would have guessed that. Why? Because the only purpose to a Lapras is to use Surf, which is the ability in the game that lets you travel across bodies okay, of water. Jesse, it is a taxi. But it is not. Lapras <laughs> is a tank. Lapras is amazing. And because of the movesets it can learn, I have beaten an entire Elite Four just using my Lapras. Every single type. Now, to be fair, just to explain, the Elite Four are basically the bosses of yeah, every the Pokemon final game. Mm-hmm. Each one has a themed team. Right. And you can beat basically every single themed team with only a Lapras. Because Lapras oh. can learn Surf, but it can also learn Thunderbolt. And all the Laprases I've gotten have this um, status effect called Water Absorb. So if you shoot water attacks at it, it gains HP. So if you do that against any water type and use Thunderbolt against them, they can't. Right, what if they use Thunderbolt against you? Not a lot of water types can use Thunderbolt. Well, suppose you're fighting a Thunder type. Then you just change. Well, then there there goes your whole I (laughs) beat them all with Lapras strategy. But I have beaten them all with Lapras. Lapras is always my number one most useful Pokemon. I don't know. I mean, in theory, in the original games, like any Pokemon you level up enough can defeat any others. But Lapras just could learn so many different moves you could have. I I had one with like with Ice Beam and Thunderbolt and Surf, and then you can pick just something neutral, like a normal type move. So you've kind of got all your bases covered. Unless someone hits you with an electric attack. (laughs) Yes, but Lapras also have very high health, so you could withstand a bit. Okay, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I just I feel like yeah. at some point, like it's just you know, at some point, if you you know you carry a rocket launcher into a knife fight, it doesn't matter what <laughs> element type the rocket is. Like I did the same thing with an Alakazam and just psychicked everything. It's like because eventually when I got him by the time I got him to level eighty, yeah, nothing would stand in its way. Yeah, but I always get my Lapras quickly to level hundred, and I've no I've never had a problem beating any of the games basically without doing much else. So it's important to note first, getting a Pokemon to level one hundred. <laughs> That's what, 60 hours at least? Doesn't matter, Jesse. <laughs> I'm just saying the amount of time they go in, but any Pokemon you got up to level 100, the possible exception of Magikarp, if you interrupt the evolution, yeah. any one of them would beat the game. So, what makes Lapras special? Like I said, because they can learn a lot of varied moves, but also it's just a beautiful, gentle creature. Can currently, well, no, I, I'm probably crazy, but isn't there, is there a way to teach it fly? 
No. No. Okay. No, it's, it, it's definitely the lock. It's, it's a Pokemon based on the Loch Ness monster. Right. It, it, I, I don't even know how it gets around on land. Honestly, <laughs> I sometimes have this like sad vision of it, like just dragging itself along <laughs> after. Yeah, it's you. little flippers, <laughs> like a way too big seal. <laughs> so, so is it the fact that I mean, you use it to surf so much, you see it more often than other Pokemon? Does that help make it? Uh, you've got more of a connection to it because honestly, of that? I just think that in one of the games. And I can't remember which one. I just made a really good Lapras, and I just kept transferring it to all my other games, so I got a soft spot for it. Mm. It's just so it's always like been part of my teams. It's my it's my crutch. It's kind of like your Dodrio. It's a, you had a really good experience with it, and, exactly. And it's and you bonded, yeah. yeah. And it's your friend now. And that's how I work because you know there are other Pokemon that I really love, like Charizard, and obviously Pikachu. But then when you're in the game, you're just like, eh. It's so you're not getting. Uh, corrupted or whatever influenced by the media where where the characters on the show have these like really special versions of the characters and that's what makes them popular but when you're playing the game you're not letting that influence your decisions yeah i feel like everyone when they first played the game got that pikachu and was like oh my god it's pikachu and then you're just like oh it's pikachu i mean this Jesse is what and, it does. Jesse and I are probably going to date ourselves here, but I'm pretty sure we played Pokemon before we saw the TV show. Yeah, the so, TV show was not airing here yet. So, so Pikachu had, did not mean anything to us. We had no us. idea why it was a big deal. Yeah. God, you guys are old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, played, I played that game on the original Game Boy. Yeah. You talked about wanting to buy a Game Boy Color. There was no color. Yeah. <laughs> was, Back in my day. It was black or pea soup green. Yeah. Those are your two options. The damn color it. was on the box. That was it. <laughs> you have to just imagine what they looked like. The, the fact that the red and blue Pokemon cartridges were actually painted red yeah. and blue, that was a big deal. Yeah. I was like, whoa, look at this game. <laughs> that was our Game Boy Color. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, no, I see what you mean. Like, You can definitely get attached to it. Yeah. Especially you know, when you're going through the gameplay like that, you find something that just works with you. Yeah. And they yeah. do enough, you know, there's a, there's enough of the plot revolving around it that you get that pseudo-relationship like you would have with a pet in real life. Exactly. So like, I understand that. I except maybe cats, f- they're terrible, but I still love them. <laughs> but if you use them in battle and their stats weren't that <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, like, oh, Lenny, sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You're going Professor Oak. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a, a Pokemon Go question here. If you want to get the Lapras, is it is the the Pokemon Go system smart enough that you're going to have to go near water, at least near water, to I get it? I haven't been near any bodies of water yet, but I have read that water Pokemon are more common near bodies of water, and okay. also when it's raining. So I caught a Squirtle the other day when it was raining, just like out on the street. So oh, maybe man. it's true, and I saw a seal. That's kind of creepy. But I caught the seal today, so and it wasn't raining. So it, maybe they're more common, but I'm not 100% I mean, sure. you work downtown Toronto, which is not too far from Lake Ontario. Maybe that's a factor. No, I saw it here. Oh, here. oh okay. Yeah. We're in North York. And it's like Lake Ontario, that's where you'd catch a muck, let's be <laughs> honest. Uh, no, that's creepy. The fact that weather conditions, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, if you don't feel like playing Pokemon Go, but then it starts to rain, and you're like, huh. <laughs> better get out there. Yeah. But now, to be fair, even in, like, the Nintendo games, like, the weather does affect things. Like, yeah. they have this to is real life, weather. though. I know, but, like, why would so, they use that? So, question, would fire types be more common? <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. Um, I don't want to hear what you're saying. 
Jesse, because I feel like we're going to have liability issues <laughs> if you say it. So my question is, is someone in Arizona going to have a really hard time getting any water types? I don't know. Well, but that's, that's where the trading question. element comes in, right? right? And like, that's the, like the whole I reason... I don't think you can trade yet. Not yet. But that's got to be part I'm of it coming sure soon. I'm sure they'll probably build that That in. was what the big deal of it was back. That's why they sold two games at once, the red one and the blue one. Because yeah. you'd yeah. have the red one, and you couldn't catch the like 11 or whatever that were on the blue one. You'd find somebody with the blue one and hook up your Game Boys and trade for them. Right. I don't know why, but when I was a kid, I could never find anyone to trade with. I was just, like, sadly stuck with my version-specific Pokemon until they started doing the online trading, and I traded for everything. Wow, online trading. Yeah, apparently I had no friends when I was a child. <laughs> is, I, this, is this going to be another back-in-your-day <laughs> kind yeah, of story? I mean, I, did you have red, Jess? Yeah. I had, you had red and I had blue. I you think my brother also had red, yeah. We so I had people to trade with. I don't how did we trade? There was like there's a, a, there's a link cable. Right. You would the side of your Game Boy had a a little port that you would plug a cable into and put a Game Boy into each one. It was actually a really lengthy process. <laughs> yeah. To, I guess because data transfer speeds back in... When did this game come out? Probably 1990 <sighs> or so? No, no. I wasn't five when this was happening. It was definitely <laughs> 97, let's say. All right, sure. Well, that's probably can safer. Cut us some slack. Yeah. Either way, I mean... That's around when the show started. So maybe yeah. I definitely remember walking out in the middle of... Not quite a blizzard, but it was definitely <laughs> snowing. And meeting a neighbor like halfway <laughs> to link up our Game Boys. He desperately wanted a match hand I had for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember the details, but like that's how big it got. It's just something about and like yeah, who doesn't know that Pokemon is big? I'm telling you the water is wet. <laughs> but it's amazing what they've done with this and now bringing it into real life like this where people are you know, running out in the middle of the night to do it. Yeah. They're running out different weather conditions to do it. They're Running into the street to do it. Yeah, running off of cliffs. As it's... predicted by Geek Top 5, <laughs> sort of a problem. It's pretty cool, but I wonder how strategy is going to build into this, or if people are just going to basically just get tired of running around catching Pokemon. They haven't since 1997 or so. Yeah. I guess so, but there is just more to do in the game. There is like a story, you know, you have to beat the Elite Four, you have to do all of this stuff. Right now, there isn't that much to do. I don't know. I was sitting next to a guy, there was a poke gym at the local post office, and he was, it, just, it was the most important thing in the world to him to take it over. I guess you have to I, defeat the other guy. I almost took over the gym today that's at the end of the street, but uh, I was trying to revive my hypno, who had fainted, <laughs> and by the time I revived him, someone stronger than me had taken it over. But oh. it was available for just the brief... Like one minute of time, right? And and like that, that, that you that need yeah. in your voice—that's what they've somehow managed to package into I this. I pretty thing. much wanted to take it to take the gym, screenshot it, and then just post it on Facebook and be like, "I got a gym." Right. I wanted nothing more than that. It's like remember Foursquare was such a big thing for a while yeah. there. People became mayors of various uh, right. restaurants and whatever. It sounds like this is that same it's sort of all vibe. All sharing, being like, "Oh, look what I got." Look yeah. Bragging rights. Except yeah. it's like that except more and there's just gonna they're gonna be adding more and more elements to it as time goes on. It's like with any one of these popular games, it never stays static, you know? Every few months they're gonna add stuff that you can do. I mean, even in the more recent like when we were playing Pokemon back in nineteen ninety eight when it came out. <laughs> that's the actual nineteen ninety eight. That's the actual release date. Alright. Uh it 
all we did was catch Pokemon and fight Pokemon. That was all you did in the game. Yeah. Uh, in more recent ones, there's Pokemon beauty contests. There's oh, like yes. talent air, competition. Talent competition. You can uh, have your Pokemon mate, right? You you are always able to breed Pokemon. No, not in the originals. Yeah, not there was, as far there as I recall. Daycare? No, there, you you could leave them with a daycare and they would level up. Yeah. But you, they didn't. They didn't. I mean, there was no sex. Yeah. Involved with them. Like, By like, the time Silver came around. So yeah. much sex. Them? <laughs> oh, yeah, I meant like like gender. But... Oh, oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be time to wrap up. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Stella Simeonova, our special guest today, and to Stella Simeonova, our webmaster, <laughs> putting all this online. Can't wait to pick my picture. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Geek Top 5. Special thanks as noted, and also to Ben Sound, who used the theme song for Creative Commons. You want to get in touch with us? Let us know how horribly terrifying Dodrio is. <laughs> or anything else you have to say about Pokemon. There's 101 ways, well, just several ways to get to us. At least three. You can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. You can post on our wall at facebook.com slash geektop5. Or you can hit us up at geektop5 on Twitter. You've been listening to Geek Top 5, presumably while playing Pokemon Go, and we'll talk to you again in just a couple of weeks.